Father, we pray that you would help us tonight to not only hear what Jesus is saying to us, but to put it into practice. Help us, Lord, to build on the solid rock of Christ. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveller. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other just as fair. So writes the poet Robert Frost. I wonder if you've ever had a similar experience. It might be when you're on a walk in a forest. Uh, it could be while you're out driving and you come to a fork in the road and you have to decide which way are you going to go. Both paths might look the same, but the important question is where are you trying to get to at the end of it? Uh, the sat-nav is a great help these days as it helps to point out not only where you are but also how to get to where you want to go and as Jesus here brings the Sermon on the Mount to a close it's as if he's giving us a spiritual satna Jesus tells us that there are only two ways to live two paths to take two types of tree two claims of discipleship and two houses. The challenge for us in each of these is to ask ourselves, where are we? Which path are we on? What is our ultimate destination? In verse 13, we find the first contrast. Jesus tells us that there are two gates and two roads. Jesus says, verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Whenever we moved to Fermanagh, and Brookborough, eight years ago, they were just building the A4 dual carriageway between Dungannon and Ballygolly. The old road, which you maybe travelled on yourself, was slow and dangerous and quite busy. But the new road, when it finally opened, was broader and smoother and meant you could go quicker and even had opportunities to overtake slower drivers. It was great. There's a road like that in life as well. It's wide, it's easy to enter, it's smooth to journey on. You can coast along quite nicely, going along with the flow. But just as Sometimes you hear of those horrific uh, pile-ups on the motorway. Uh, and I think there was one last night on the M4 at near Bath in England. 
So Jesus says that this broad road leads to destruction. Picture a wide, fast-flowing river which suddenly drops over a waterfall and you get the picture that Jesus has in mind. Many take the road and are heading for destruction. By contrast, though, Jesus tells us to enter through the narrow gate, the small gate, verse 14. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. I used to take my granny out for drives on a Sunday afternoon. And rather than you know heading on the motorway and going for miles and miles and miles, uh, we would just take the wee country roads in and around Dremore, uh, seeing the places that she knew from childhood. Uh, we never covered great distances. The roads were too windy. Uh, and so the speed had to be low. But actually we saw a lot more that way. And Jesus says that, that the Christian life is a bit like those wee, narrow, twisty roads. It's hard going. It's not popular. It can even be a struggle. And yet the final destination is life and not destruction. Jesus is asking, which road are you on? What is the direction of your life? What is the final destination? Keep the end in mind. The narrow way is worth it in the end. Jesus' next picture is that of two trees, two teachers. Here's what Jesus says, verse 15. Uh, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Can you imagine the the, the shepherd going to market and and getting a new uh, sheep? Uh, And, you know, it looks like all the rest of his wool on its back, it has four legs, it might even try to bah. But when you look closer then, it's very, very different. What big eyes you have. What big teeth you have. Jesus is saying that false prophets or false teachers don't come with a big neon sign above their head saying, I am a false teacher. They'll look the part. So in the Church of Ireland, they'll be wearing their cassock and surplice, their scarf or their stole. They can't go by looks. But they're a danger to the flock. So how can we tell if the minister that we're listening to is genuine or not? How can you tell tonight if that's the case? Well, Jesus says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Jesus is saying that we need to look a little bit closer. Not just at what they say, but also at what they do. 
how they live their life. What kind of fruit are they producing? Or to bring it closer to home, what kind of fruit are we producing? The actions of our lives will flow from our heart, showing what is on the inside, either a sinful heart or a born-again new heart. So what way are you going? And who are you listening to along the way? Next up, Jesus presents us with two contrasting claims. Just as false teachers may initially look like the real deal, so Jesus says that there can be people who are in the church who, who look like and sound like genuine Christians and maybe even have marvellous experiences and yet are outside of Jesus' flock. Here's what he says. <clears throat> Verse 21. <clears throat> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then further on, he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. (coughs) Jesus is saying that it's not enough just to call Jesus Lord. It's not enough to have wonderful experiences or to be leading God's people or to be using the name of Jesus. These very people are those to whom Jesus says that he never knew them and therefore that they never knew Jesus. And their end is destruction, sent away from Jesus, away from paradise on that last day. The name of Jesus has power. Just think of the seven sons of Sceva in Ephesians chapter 19. They had seen Paul cast out demons using the name of Jesus. And so they tried to do the same. But the demons turned on them. And beat them. So that they fled away naked. Because the demons said well. Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you? It's not enough to know uh, sorry to use Jesus name if we don't know Jesus. I wonder should this give us cause for alarm? Regular churchgoers, decent people who never miss church, people who can speak the language of church, who, who talk about Jesus being their Lord, and yet they were cast away. So what is needed? How can we be sure that we won't be sent away? Well, it's in the words that I missed out. You see, there's a difference between calling Jesus Lord and him actually being your Lord. Here's what Jesus says. Look at verse 21 again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's just like the false prophet. 
They look like the real thing. But on the inside, they're the very opposite. The name of the Lord is on their lips. But Jesus is not Lord of their hearts. Jesus isn't ruling over their life. Now I'm not saying that you have to be perfect. Because none of us are. But if Jesus is Lord of your life, then you'll be leading a life of repentance. So that when you sin, and we all do, returning to the Lord, turning back to him, turning from that sin. It's not perfection that Jesus is after, but integrity. Two ways to go. Two types of teacher with their fruit. Two claims of discipleship. Is Jesus really your Lord? Lastly then we come to one of the most famous pictures in the Bible. They're the perfect conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. Because they address everyone who has been listening in. All in the crowd that they have heard the words of Jesus. The challenge is what are you going to do about it? To illustrate, Jesus tells the story of two builders. He says, verse 24, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then verse 26, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Both the men have been to builder school. Both have set out to build their house. The only difference is in where they build. The wise man, he builds on rock. Might be harder to do to get the foundations down in. Whereas the foolish man, he can go straight away. He builds on sand. He might even have a a beachfront location, a good sea view, lots of fresh air. It sounds great, doesn't it? But then comes the trouble. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against both houses. See, the storms of life come to everyone. Following Jesus is not a guarantee of an easy life. The storm, when it comes, exposes the foundations of the house. The foolish man's house on sand, it falls with a great crash. But the wise man's house stands firm on the rock. Jesus isn't teaching a course on house building and where you should build your house. He's asking us how uh, we will respond to his teaching as we've heard it over these Sunday nights. He's asking us how we will respond to his teaching every time we gather in this church. Or every time we open our Bible at at a Bible study or, or when we read it at home ourselves. Will we hear and respond? Will we hear and do? 
That's like building on the rock. Jesus is the rock on which to build our life. The good foundation to meet the storms that will inevitably come. He is the place of safety and security. Or will we hear and not act? Just let it kind of wash over us and return to how we've always done things. It's a dangerous place to be, Jesus says, because it's like building on sand. When the storms come, destruction will come as well. So where are you tonight? Which path are you following? What direction are you heading? Who are you listening to? Is your claim to follow Christ authentic? And are you building your life on him? Even tonight, we can transfer from one road to the other. Even tonight, we can repent And acknowledge Jesus as our Lord. Even tonight. We can start to build on the rock. Maybe even for the very first time. So let's pray. Heavenly Father we. Uh, Thank you that we have heard the words of Jesus. We pray that you would help us to be wise as we hear and respond. Help us, Lord, to put his word into action, to be ready for when the storms of life come. Father, we pray that you would help us to take refuge in you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.